WGN, the team's flagship radio station. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. About to talk to James Fegan from The Athletic, but first, White Sox fans, Sox Fest 2019 hotel packages. They are now available. It's the only way to receive passes for a weekend of White Sox baseball that you won't want to miss. We do hope to see you at the Hilton Chicago on January the 25th through the 27th. Hotel packages available now, whitesox.com slash SoxFest. All right, let us bring in James Fegan, who was with the... Well, he was with uh, Rick Hahn this week when uh, he talked about Ricky Renteria getting a contract extension, the general manager meetings out in California. Uh, were you surprised by that, James? First of all, welcome to White Sox Wiki. Thanks for joining us. But did that surprise you? I think we all were. Um, he didn't like come out and announce it with any kind of purpose of telling us about it. Uh, the White Sox do not really discuss the terms of my interest contract. It was in response to a question that operated out the presumption that all their managers have gotten introductory three-year deals. So it was more of Han shooting down the premise of the question, and that's how the the fact that actually he has gotten an extension some time ago, uh, maybe as much as a year ago or more, uh, was kind of revealed. Um, So, yeah, it was surprising because I I think the – well, I didn't ask the question. I think we were all operating on the basic assumption that they have given three-year deals to their coaches, so the fact that that was kind of brushed aside – at the same time, you know, they made it very clear at the end of the season that they, and throughout the season and before this season, that they are in love with Rick Renneria as their manager and that they think he's not just a rebuilding manager who, uh, you know, hands the baton off to some, you know, grizzled playoff vet, but somebody they're going to keep for the entire run. So it wasn't necessarily surprising the fact that they had, had put that in writing, their commitment to him, because they'd already restated it time and upon time again. Right. And, Look, Ricky's done a great job, and Ricky's had their support the whole way. And we just had Matt Davidson. Not that a player would ever say anything bad about a manager. Uh, why, you know, that wouldn't be a smart move, at least. But everybody's always talking about how much they love Ricky. But to me, I, I don't know. I was just, I was a little surprised by it. like you would. I think you would celebrate it. Say, hey, we uh, we extended Ricky. He's been doing great. He's uh, been doing everything that we wanted. And we expect him to be here when we win a World Series. That's. I just, I'm just surprised they didn't celebrate a little bit more. They. Uh... In response to prodding about that and why they didn't, you know, make this more of a celebration of commitment to them, they just reiterated time and fun time again that this is their policy that they do not discuss uh, manager contracts, whether good or bad, in any situation, and not even for the idea of you know putting out a positive press turn for Rick Renneria, I guess. So okay. uh, it's strange, uh, I will admit, but it is clearly the way they're doing things, and definitely not two days of being nagged about it. It's not going to change their mind. Did you see Ricky there? Obviously, I did not. not. Okay. Uh, I, I, it was my understanding he was not present. Yeah, uh, James, I, I cannot think of another manager uh, in any sport that had the secret extension. Can you? Manager or head coach? Uh, I would. Yeah, I'd be hard pressed. I, 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 other than another White Sox uh, manager, apparently that would be the possible uh, right. candidate to do that. I mean. <laughs> At this point, we don't really know what the assistant coach's uh, um, contract status is, other than Han indicated at the end of the season that they were all signed through 2019 already, so they didn't even have to negotiate any new extensions to, to keep them on, which they intend to. And he said that the reason he didn't tell anybody is nobody asked him. Um, uh, so I'm going to ask you, has John Greenberg given you an, a three-year extension at The <laughs> Athletic? 
Um, I don't know what the contract said. I think I'm just uh, here until one day I'm told to leave. Uh, ho- hopefully at some time in a, you know, after the end of the rebuild. Oh, okay. We, we've been making calls to Greenberg about that so you can get a more locked-in deal for the great work you've been doing with the White Sox at the Athletic, James. So uh, don't worry. We don't, we don't expect anything back from you. We're just doing it because we think you're great. <laughs> and with all apologies to Freddie Garcia, my favorite 34 in Sox history is Richard Dotson. Uh, is there any chance Bryce Harper will be wearing 34 for the Pale Hose next season? I could give you five minutes on Dotson because I love Dot. He's a great guy. But, awesome, um, awesome. You know, I, I think there's a chance. I think they certainly have the the room, the budget room to do it. I think that um, they have the will. They have they have interest in him. I think that it's interesting being a rebuilding team and this kind of being just he's a long term piece. It's not like they have to get a right fielder no matter what to for opening day 2019 because they have immediate plans to get 10. They can wait out the whole slow play of whatever you know that Scott Boris usually does of extending negotiations into February or March just to get the number they're looking for, and it really doesn't change their view for 2019 at all. So that's kind of an interesting wrinkle. But I still think, just in terms of how many uh, you know prepared bidders there are, how many there are other major markets uh, like Philadelphia uh, who are both ready to contend and ready to spend and, uh, you know, have a, a, a need for him, I think it's just more likely than not that he goes elsewhere just because it's just such a competitive uh, bidding. And they've kind of um, they've never really dominated this type of uh, forum before of, of landing major free agents. And they kind of have to sell, as they've said, uh, anybody on the future rather than the present. Uh, whereas, you know, Philly might be able to say, we want to win next year and we want to win for the next, you know, five to ten years while you're here. So just so everybody is caught up here, and I've been trying to figure this out exactly to the to the exact cent, but how much money do the White Sox have committed for 2019? Your math. Um, it's under $15 million at the moment. I mean, you can basically double that because it's all but, you know, confirmed that, you know, Abreu is going to get arbitration or they're going to reach some deal that around what his estimated R figure would be, which is around $15, $16 million. And, you know, they've spoken like he's going to be there. But right, right. Obviously, they'll go up with other arbitration cases. But it, it's, it's. I believe if it was the lowest like committed of anybody for next year for a while, I think it's down to second lowest. But it's under fifty million dollars. I mean, right now, if I'm wrong. I'll get a text about it pretty soon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, I, right now, before Jose is is locked in for with his official number, you've got Wellington at seven point two five million. You've got Nate Jones at four point six five. And you've got Tim Anderson at a, a million four. That's it as of today. Now, obviously, but so it rises up to fifty million. The point being, they really could sign both Machado and Harper and have the money to do it if they wanted to. And their and their payroll wouldn't even be that crazy. Just if you gave them, like, if you added eighty million on, you're at one thirty. That's nothing in today's baseball. Yeah, I mean that would probably be one of the higher ones they've run in the last. That would probably be close to what their peak was the last time they were. Uh running a win-now contender, yeah. So definitely within the reasonable realm and, you know, within definitely within what you would expect them to run a payroll when they are contending, which would be, you know, hopefully they would push in the 150-160 range. Uh, James, J.P. Morosi uh, wrote this week that the White Sox are looking hard at Patrick Corbin of the uh, D-backs and at uh, former Northwestern star J.A. Happ, who, of course, was a Blue Jay, but spent uh, you know a portion of this year with the Yankees. Do you see either one of those guys getting into Don Cooper's starting rotation? Yeah, I mean, I 
I think they would both make sense, uh, although for different roles. I mean, they have two open rotation spots, and you know the type that you would cast in both is one guy is going to be someone you can think can contribute in the rotation for three to four seasons, and thus, as a result, be a part of your contending so that's you know, Corbin. playoff rotation. That, that's Corbin. That would be Corbin, and then half would fit the role of being kind of the, the innings-eating uh, good veteran presence uh, in the rotation that you know James Shields is filling out, but perhaps with a bit more trade upside for the middle of the season than you know that Shields had, who obviously stayed in, stayed in Chicago all year. Well, let's rewind back, by the way, to Bryce Harper, and apparently the Astros, Ken Rosenthal had a piece in The Athletic, yeah, that, they were, that the Astros were trying to make a deal on the Nationals eventually said no at the end from the ownership level, but that, that doesn't mean that Mike Rizzo and company didn't want to make the deal. But there was also a little nugget in there, right, that, that Avi Garcia was a part of a deal for Bryce Harper, James, right? Yeah, uh, Ken reported that uh, they had a they talked about you know trading Francis Martis, who's a undergoer who just recently underwent Tommy John surgery, uh, for Avi, who uh, which results in the Astros backing out because Avi's knee has was what it was at the time, and thus he wasn't probably going to be very helpful. Martis is a guy that the White Sox were interested in during the Chris Sale, during the Jose Quintana, uh, you know, trade negotiations, and you know the Astros are a bit a lot more. Uh, holding tight to him back then, and so there was somebody that was someone they were still targeting, even knowing that he was hurt and would need to go basically miss this year. And obviously, with him being hurt, the Astros apparently were uh, you know a bit more willing to put him on the table, which is kind of a similar situation with you know trading JB Bukowski for for uh, Harper. I'm sure the fact that he was dealing with a back condition all this year made him a lot all of a sudden more willing to part with a first round pick. And I, I wonder how you know beneficial it is to making trades that you're constantly just trying to ship off you know injured prospects and somebody it seems like it might make make it hard to finish the deal. James Fegan from the Athletic, who knows more about the White Sox minor league system than Rick Hahn, is visiting with that the Carmini. This is White oh, Sox Weekly. Well, it's true. I'm just going to come out and say it. Um, so there was a major award presented to a White Sox player this week. The Silver Slugger went to the 79 dog, Jose Abreu. This is his last year where he's arbitration eligible. I, I know the question has been posed to you before, James, but... This is a guy that, you know, best numbers offensively of any first baseman. Uh, do you see the Sox moving Jose Abreu? Uh, no, not really at this stage. I mean, I think just with the numbers on the decline from where it's been at its peak and the fact they dealt with some kind of weird injuries this year and kind of when you're remaining, I, I think that they see him so much as a uh, – I think it was much more realistic maybe what it would happen the off season before this past one where – He's coming off a career season and two years of control left and maybe could pull in something that's like a game-changing return that really helps to rebuild, whereas now it's just kind of, you know, trading him for the sake of trading him for, like, you know, maybe a, a lottery ticket power arm in the, in the bullpen. And I don't really think that's necessarily the motivator to, to move somebody that they see as a, a franchise cornerstone like him. I think it's more likely to see him come back for a one- or two-year deal after this year because they don't really have any first-base prospects immediately pushing him out, then I would see him getting traded for like a small deal right now. Uh, it was kind of weird to see him make the all-star team and a you know, silver slugger for such a difficult year where he went through a, such an awful slump and then got injured at the end. It was kind of like the, the training day Oscar for Denzel Washington for, for Jose Brave. <laughs> Tra- that, that's by far Denzel's best movie. <laughs> I think there have been some others. 
Uh, flight, he's very good in flight, but tr- tr- come on, training day is no, Denzel's best I, work. I, I let's go, let's go old school, yeah. best supporting actor, and let's bring out Glory, one of the more underrated Denzel roles. Ever see it, James? I've seen Glory. I think I've always said that Jose Brady's 2014 season was basically Denzel and Malcolm X, so I'll stick to that. Okay. Not a, not a good ending. <laughs> No, 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 not, not at all. Hey, hey, uh, James. Before you go here, what biggest highlight from the GM meetings that we haven't discussed here that perhaps uh, you want to get out there that you witnessed or learned about that uh, interested you? Huh. Biggest highlight. Um, I have like such a weird, like nerdy, like takeaways, like their attitude on framing and how they think they can teach guys how to pitch frame, or the fact that they think Carlos Rodon is going to be stronger in year two after shoulder surgery and. Um, they definitely were very adamant that they feel like Zach Birdie was, uh, you know, better in his rehab, uh, or progressing better in his rehab than you might take away from, you know, his velocity reports or his numbers in, uh, in the minors this year. So they're very confident about him being in the bullpen next season. There's lots of the little, like, little strange, little interesting tidbits that I, I tried to detail in my, my last piece about it that have taken away more than a larger, clear, they're going to sign huge free agents uh, mandate. All right, before we let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. We just visited with Matt Davidson for about 15 minutes, and uh, he asked us to uh, put a survey out there. Should Matt Davidson keep his hair the blonde that it is, the natural blonde, or should he bleach it bright white? Bright white would be a callback to what the like AJ and Bobby Jenks did in 2008, yep. which was the last time the White Sox made the playoffs, so... As much as it would probably look pretty ghastly, it does have some, you know, positive, you know, positive, uh, you know, vibrations from from White Sox history there. So maybe you should go with it. I think you got to go all in. Just uh, no sense sitting on the fence at this point. Make the move. We'll see what he does. James, appreciate you as always. Thanks for jumping on White Sox Weekly. All right, thanks for having me.